Hi, this is Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who have been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Monica Walker, who is program manager with the best program at Heart of the Cumberland. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Welcome, Monica. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you. What does BEST program stand for? BEST program stands for Be Each Other's Support Team. And basically, it's a group peer support program that helps kids that have gone through a challenging time in their lives. We talked before the show, and when I asked you, is this a calling, your your answer was remarkable to me. You said, I feel like God has been calling me to this all of my life. That is true. That is true. As a child, I had lots of bumps in the road. Um, It started when I was eight years old and my father passed away. And from there, I have lost a lot of loved ones, had a mom that I grew up with who was disabled, severely disabled. And so had lots of bumps in the road along the way of my life and just feel like God has used all of those things to enable me to do my job. Where did you grow up? Well, I was born in South Dakota. And so that's where the funny accent comes from. (laughs) And from there, I moved to Alaska when I was nine, and I grew up up there. Um, I met the father of my two children in Alaska. He was a military man, which took us to the Philadelphia area for 10 years, and now I've been in Cookville for almost eight. So how many children do you have? Well, now I'm a lovely blended family of seven, and so I have two biological and three step, but we don't use the word step in our house. So I love that. I have five kids. Yes. Good for you. With five kids in the house, you must have conquered the idea of sharing. Oh, I suppose they're all teenagers, so pray for me. (laughs) What's the one thing you refuse to share? Oh, goodness. Hmm. Probably my shampoo. (laughs) Do your daughters try to steal that from you? Yes. I'm like, leave it alone. That's mine. (laughs) So you're going each week into the schools doing the best groups so that children have a support network. Yes. What is your favorite part of that particular ministry? Oh, my goodness. When we call the groups best, I know it's an acronym for some words, but those kids really are the best of the best in Putnam County. Um, it's exciting to get to connect and just see them to connecting to one another um, to help the light bulb go off that when they realize they're not the only one that's gone through something, uh, just to see that we're giving them hope and encouragement. Do you hear hard stories or do they share joy in their lives as well? They share it all. They share it all. Every group is different. Every dynamic of each group is different. Um, sometimes we'll get in there and a group will take two or three or four weeks to start opening up other groups you get in and the first minute that they know that there's a listening ear they want to tell you all about themselves we get to share the highest of highs and rejoice with them and we also have to support them and encourage them at the lowest of lows too so it's it's really rewarding because the kids don't take long and when they see you in the hallway the next week they're excited because oh, it's best group day and they run up and hug you and it's a good feeling. It's very rewarding. What ages do you work with? We start in second grade and go all the way up. Generally, we end at eighth grade because our high schools are so busy. They don't always have a lot of time, free time to meet because we meet during their encore time um, once a week. And so in the high schools, it's harder to meet in the ninth through 12th grade, but we offer uh, groups all the way through 12th grade. And we also have an adult program that meets in the evening as well. Oh, that's great. 
Do you do you deal with a lot of kids who are feeling loneliness or depression, anxiety, those sorts of feelings? Absolutely. And we talk about how those are all normal feelings to go through when you've had some of the situations that these kids have come from. Um, we try to just explain that all feelings are okay if they're handled in healthy ways. What do you think leads to long-term happiness? Well... For me, honestly, it's the relationship I have with Jesus. And so, unfortunately, we can't talk a lot about about Jesus in the schools. We can't initiate it. But when kids know of him and they share it with us, we're able to encourage them in that way. Um, even though I'm not allowed to talk about Jesus in school, he is the foundation for everything that our curriculum is based on. And so I get to be the hands and feet even if I don't get to talk about him. What's the key for long-term happiness in a house with five kids? Days off when they're in school. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. yes. Long walks. That's probably my favorite thing. So, (laughs) no, my children bring me a lot of joy. I really could not ask for anything better. With five teenagers in a blended family, we are very, very lucky and very, very blessed because I know it could be a lot, lot, lot worse. So, sure. Yes. With five teenagers, you must have a lot of cell phone time. Oh, yeah. Well, two of them do not have cell phones. Okay. One of them has a cell phone out of necessity, and the oldest two who have jobs have just purchased their own smartphones. I love that. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. So the rule in our house is no smartphone till you can afford it, and you have to be within six months of your 18th birthday. I love that. Brilliant. Is there something on your smartphone that you can't live without? Hmm. I have the Bible on there. Excellent. Um, And I have 6,500 pictures on there. (laughs) Wow, you have a lot of memories. And so the other day I said to my second oldest son, I said, my phone is slowing down and it says I'm almost out of memory. And he said, well, why? And I said, I don't know. And he said, let me look. And he said, you have 6,500 pictures on here. That's what's wrong. (laughs) That's a lot of pictures. What are they off? All kinds of things from dress up days of the kids at school to trips we go on to They'll hijack my phone and take pictures of silly license plates they yes. see and things like that. So, and I have a hard time deleting anything. So, because it's your kids, yeah. Of course. I yes. love it. I love yeah. it. So, who's your favorite kid? Don't have one. <laughs> hey, I do have a favorite daughter though because I only have one. So, <laughs> nice. Yes, but the nice thing is in our family they all fight because they think they're the favorite, which is nice. That is you the know? sign of a good parent. I don't. I hope so. But I thank you for that compliment. You're listening to The Calling with our guest, Monica Walker, from Heart of the Cumberland. Welcome back. You're listening to The Calling. I'm here today with Monica Walker from Heart of the Cumberland. Monica, with five children in your family, do you have any special family traditions that you do? Well, we do. We go to Florida the third week of June every single year, and the kids just know that's the week, and that's what we do, and they look forward to it. And even the two oldest who work and have jobs make sure they take that week off. Um, We try to eat dinner at the dinner table every night. We feel like that's pretty important. Um, On birthdays, every kid gets to pick what kind of cake they want, whether it's bought or homemade or whatever. And also in correlation with birthdays, they get to pick whatever meal they want. 
So and and right now we're in the graduation season as last year my first son graduated this year my second son graduates and next year my third son graduates and wow. then we're off the hook for a couple of years but mm-hmm. trying to keep tradition of doing the same thing each year for each child just so that they all know what's coming down the pike but they all feel special in their own way so That's great. You mentioned that you have the Bible app on your phone. Do you like to read books? I love to read books. What's the last book you read for fun? It was called Laugh It Up by Candace Payne. And if you don't know who Candace Payne is, she's also known as the Chewbacca Mom. Okay. And so she has written a book about joy, and it's really good. It's really good. She's a Christian, and so there's some spiritual, you know, scripture type things in there, but she is hilarious, and it's a lot of fun. It's a good book. It's a fun book. How do you find joy in life? Well, like I said, I love walking and being out in nature. I love hiking. Um, My family, we all have kayaks, so we go out and kayak a lot, especially with this beautiful weather we're having now. And um, being outside, being together as a family brings me a lot of joy. I'm not one of those moms that's uh, excited when the kids go back to school. I usually have a little grief period, like I miss them after the summer, so... So you don't have a party, school's back in session. No, not usually. (laughs) Mama misses the kids. Yes, yeah. I love snow days, too. Snow days bring me joy because then everybody's home and nobody can go anywhere and we get to play outside. But we haven't had any big snow lately. But Do you make snow cream? I never have. And believe it or not, I grew grew up in Alaska where we had lots and lots of snow and never even heard of snow cream until I moved to Tennessee. Wow, I'm surprised at that. Yeah. What's the best thing about growing up in Alaska? nature (laughs) that's where you get the hiking yeah 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 we used to downhill ski a lot cross-country ski i tell my kids all the time that we had ice rinks on the playground and so for recess we would go ice skating so that was pretty cool very different very different from here but not as different as the philadelphia area was so did you see a lot of wildlife yes and the moose there are so tall they can walk over a 36 inch chain link fence like it's nothing you know wow yep did you salmon fish we did. I miss salmon. I miss halibut even more. Um, the halibut up there are bigger than you or I, and the salmon up there can be 25, 30 pounds. And so down here when someone catches an eight-pound bass, I'm like, oh, yeah, that is good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I forget the size of fish is a lot different here. It's like a minnow yes. compared to what you were accustomed to. Yes, That's but funny. I do miss the fresh seafood and things like that because it was abundant up there. And down here you can get it, but you pay for it. So Sure. Mm-hmm. Did you see grizzlies? I have never seen a wild bear other than when we were driving down from Alaska. I saw them on the side of the highway, but never, you know, out in town or anything. But they would come. The trash and dumpsters and, t- and things like that would attract the bears from the mountains. So, but I saw mostly moose and caribou. You'd see them out and about sometimes, but they'd be right in the middle of town at times. Wow. Yeah. Did you ever watch that show, Northern Exposure? I didn't. And you know what? That wasn't even filmed in Alaska. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was in the Northwest. I think it was in the Washington State area or something like that. Well, a native Alaskan would know. I know. And now I just let the secret out. That's funny. (laughs) Do you remember the coldest day in Alaska? Any vivid memories from? Well, it was, it would get down negative many days And um, we always had snow pretty much from middle of October. It was always snowy for Halloween. And the snow would start melting in April and usually be gone by Mother's Day. 
But we have a season up there not called spring. It's called breakup. And that's when all the snow is melting and everything is slushy and dirty and yucky because there's so much snow that's trying to melt. But a lot of the gutters are still blocked because there's snow piles on top of them. And so it was a messy time of the year. Did you learn to drive in that? I did. Yes, I did. Is that tricky? I didn't think so then, but now if I had to teach a child to drive up there, I'd be devastated. <laughs> what kind of cars do, did you drive? I just had a little Mitsubishi car, two-wheel drive, but up there, September rolls around and you put studded tires on your car. Okay. And then you can, you're allowed to have them on until Memorial Day. So. Oh, you were allowed. So there were regulations? Yes. If you didn't take your studded tires off in the summer, that you would get a ticket. And they, it was kind of called, it was like a fix-it ticket. They would say... You need to go, you know, get these studs removed. Right. And so everybody had a pair of studded tires and a pair of all-season tires up there. So you could swap them out. So yeah. what do you think about the driving in Middle Tennessee when two inches of snow comes? I know how to drive in it, but I'm afraid <laughs> nobody else does. <laughs> so we stay home most of the time. Yeah. And the hills here are scarier because they're bigger and windier. And up there, there were hills and such, but... There were guardrails, and here there's not. And I lived in the city up there, too, so it wasn't as country. There weren't as many back roads and things. And so although the back roads here have less traffic, they're a little more treacherous to me. So I see. Well, tell us about some of the things that you do for fun. We know hiking and biking. We know that you like to read. What about karaoke? Ever done any karaoke? I don't, but my family loves karaoke. Really? We actually have a whole system that we set up every once in a while at the house, and my husband sings his heart out, and we have friends over, and they just love it, but I don't get up there and sing. (laughs) That's great. What's on the karaoke list? Oh, goodness. Anything and everything. Anything from Broadway tunes to country to Christian to every once in a while somebody will try and, you know, rap, which is funny. Oh, I bet your boys Yes. Like yeah. Yep. With four boys and one girl, how does she deal with all those brothers? Well, the boys say she'll probably be the ch- toughest chick in high school. Yes. <laughs> so we'll see about that. But she's she's she can handle them. She can she holds her own, I guess. Are they protective of their sister? Not, not you know, with each other, but probably with outsiders. They wouldn't let them pick on her too much. Yeah, I get that. We'll see how it goes as she gets older and boyfriends start to come around, I suppose. <laughs> Have you seen a lot of change uh, taking the children from, with five children, taking them from those uh, youngest years for children into the the teenage years? How is that family dynamic with numerous teenagers in the house? I think for them, it's just a natural progression of life. And for me, it's been a lot of grace from God. I mean, I can think back on a year ago from now or, you know, and my oldest was getting ready to graduate high school and I was in tears all the time because I just couldn't believe that we had crossed that bridge. And I could hardly stand to think about it. When his graduation announcements came, I was crying all the time. And the idea of college was scary. And you just feel like you haven't quite done enough and completed your parenting yet and it's time for them to launch right um so but god has given me a lot of grace and grown me a lot and stretched me a lot this year and so although it's bittersweet again with the second one graduating i've grown and so i'm broken in now <laughs> did you ever see that movie failure to launch with no, matthew mcconaughey i haven't you're launching your children perfectly i'm sure well i don't know about that We're talking today with our guest, Monica Walker from Heart of the Cumberland. 
Our guest today is Monica Walker, and she has for us a motivational moment. Well, what I would like to share is actually coming from Max Lucado's book, A Gentle Thunder. And in it, there's a chapter titled Calamities of the Common Scale and It's Worry or Trust. And there's just a couple of little things in here that just really struck me as um, good points. And one and, and the launching part of that is where um, he talks about a lot of times we think that prayer is the last option rather than the first. And so there have been times even in my life when you'll say to someone, well, let's pray about that. And someone may say to you, oh, we've come to that. And, it, and I, I wish that we could think of that first. Take it to Jesus first. And in the Bible, it talks about um, his mother being at a wedding with him, and they ran out of wine. And back in the day, wine was like wine to a wedding was like cake is to a wedding now. And instead of her exploding and blaming it on anybody or imploding and blaming herself for it, she just took it to Jesus. And that was her first, that was the first thing she did, and he handled it. And so, um, and the reason he, he handles things for us uh is because he delights in us and he loves us. And so uh, I just wanted to share a couple of little things from the book here. It says, uh, one, of the, one of the sweetest reasons that God saves us is because he's fond of us. He likes having us around. He thinks we're the best thing to come down the pike in quite a while. And from Isaiah, it says, as a man rejoices over his new wife, so your God will rejoice over you. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. If he had a wallet, your photo would be in it. He sends you flowers every spring and a sunrise every morning. Whenever you want to talk, he'll listen. He can live anywhere in the universe, and he chose your heart. And the Christmas gift he sent you in Bethlehem? Face it, friend, he's crazy about you. I mean, here at the very end, it says, identify the problem, you'll have to solve it. Present it to Jesus, he's happy to help and do what he says, no matter how crazy. And what I have taken away from this is that... It doesn't matter how trivial we may think it is. If it's important to you, it's important to God. Thank you for sharing that motivational message with us. We're back today with Monica Walker from Heart of the Cumberland. And Monica is program manager with The Best Program. Tell us how that program has evolved since you have been involved with it. How many years have you worked in this program? I came into the Heart of the Cumberland programs back in 2011, um, and I really started full-time facilitation of these groups 2012, um, so it's been about six years. Um, it has been very rewarding, like I said, but we see the progression of things just becoming harder for the kids. When I first started, when we talked about grief and loss, we talked about children who had lost a parent to death. Um, okay. sometimes natural death, sometimes accident, that kind of thing. Of course, there was always the factor of divorce, but it feels like as the years progress, the severity of the issues is increasing. So now we're talking to kids who are exposed to drug use, um, parents who are incarcerated. We deal with children whose family members have been murdered. Um, so it's just getting heavier as the years go by. How do children naturally develop those coping mechanisms, or do they? I think that's a two-sided answer to that question. I think if the child has support at home, if they have someone at home giving them encouragement and, and hope, 
their coping skills develop more than a child who's kind of trying to handle it on their own and maybe they're in still in a dysfunctional situation where maybe they've you know lost mom because she's in jail but dad is not doing well himself i think those kids have a lot harder time dealing with the issues at hand does the best program help children develop those coping mechanisms yes that's the whole um, theme of the program is just giving them the tools to Make healthy choices. That anger is okay as long as you deal with it in a healthy way. That being disappointed is okay as long as you're dealing with it in a healthy way. Making healthy choices that take care of your body, you know, talking about the the foods that they eat and staying away from drugs and alcohol and even screen time, you know, what they're watching and how much time they're spending watching and music. Music can be very uplifting or it can really bring you down in the dumps. So just walking through all of the different things all of the different emotions that they'll feel when they're dealing with loss, but just encouraging them that there's healthy ways to handle all of those feelings. Do you have a curriculum for the program? We do. We have a curriculum that we use in second through fifth grade, which is kind of like an art journal. And then we also have another curriculum that we use for sixth grade up, and it's our teen journal. Okay. What would be the start of a typical um, hour or time period for the best program how does it start well when the kids get in there we always have a snack which is a great icebreaker that's very important as silly as it sounds just a little checks mix or trail mix makes all the difference um so when the kids come in our youngest children uh, participate by opening up with something that we call rainbows and raindrops and they get to share the rainbow which is the highlight of their week or their raindrop which might be something they wish wasn't going on or something hard they've had to handle. And they have the option of sharing one or both, or they can pass. We never require the kids to talk at all. It's always up to them. And so that's how they open up, and that's our icebreaker. And then each week has a different theme. And so our very first week we always take as an introductory week, just kind of getting to know one another um, and talking about what a best group is going to look like. And from there we go on to I Am Not Alone and We even talk about shock, how there's different levels of shock, of loss and that kind of thing. Um, And then on to other things like I was talking about before, the anger and healthy choices and things. Do you have a rainbow today, Miss Monica? Well, my rainbow today is that I got to spend the entire day in Monterey with kids. And I just, Wednesday is my favorite day of the week because I get to spend all day with them. So that's exciting. My raindrop is that it was the last Wednesday of the school year. So... We're off for the summer, and I'll miss them. And I worry about them because I hope that they have structure and are healthy and safe over the summer. Will you get to see them over the summer? It all depends. You know, um, I give the kids the opportunity to reach out. Um, I don't share my phone number. Can't do that. Can't be friends on Facebook. But I'll be out and about in the community and, you know, might be at the pool and run into them and things like that. And they're pretty sweet when they see you usually get a hug or a wink or a high five or something. (laughs) And when does the BEST program start back again? The BEST program runs through the school year. And so there are first semester schools and second semester schools. So generally we run 11 weeks, either first or second semester. Um, And that's really because the curriculum is developed to be an 11-week curriculum. We could probably stretch it out and take two weeks per lesson just because there's things we don't always get to um and then there's also 
the need for more volunteer facilitators. So we're always looking for additional help in the schools. Okay. Monica, I have top five questions that I like to ask my guests. So we're going to move on to those now. And you get a free pass or you can plead the fifth for any of them. All right. So um, (laughs) on, on the first question, what's on your playlist? Let's see. Well, Lauren Daigle is on my playlist. Nice. I have a few of her songs downloaded. I don't have a whole album, but um, the one about trusting, trusting God is yes. is a favorite. I have it on repeat a lot. <laughs> We've talked about your hobbies, but what do you do for fun? If you were going to plan a girls' night with your daughter, what would that consist of? Well, probably going out to dinner and then following it up with some ice cream and ending up at the nail shop for a pedicure. Nice. <laughs> if there were a gag reel of your life, what would be on it? Oh, goodness. That's a hard one. You can pass. I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you were arrested, what would your family say your crime would be? Well, my youngest kids would probably say for making them do chores. and Child labor I, laws. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> Chores, chores, but it's good character development, of course. Yes. Um, my older kids would probably say that I'd end up being nice to the wrong person because they're always saying that I'm too nice to people that I don't know. But I don't know about that. I don't know if you can get arrested for that, but possibly. Okay. <laughs> and last but not least, what is the cleanest joke you know? Oh, my favorite joke ever. Why did the turtle cross the road? I don't know. Why? To get to the shell station. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is awesome. Our guest today is Monica Walker. We want to thank you for talking with us. Thanks for having me.